it was it, the year was 1980. A young man, recently born again, heard a heard a message at Bible College about uh, about the the work of God in the Philippines. He bought a one way ticket to the to the Philippines, landed there to try to find someone he was supposed to work with. Had twenty dollars in his pocket. Had a one way ticket and twenty bucks in his pocket when he landed, and that's it. Years later. Mike and Ethel Keys have developed this ministry in the island of Mindanao. They run, they, they have a large, they have a compound. We call it, that might sound scary, but it's just a big campus with, that's surrounded by, a, by, by gates and because that's just how they, everybody rolls around the world. And they have, they have dorms and a church building and office places and a full-fledged Bible school where they raise up uh, students, teach them the Word of God, send them out, they do crusades three times a year at least, and they, then they plant churches. And they've been doing that since then. Now, he's going to give you some of the numbers all together and then as of late. But how many think that what he's doing sounds very familiar to what everything we want to do? Yeah. Right? Now, and so this is, so uh, Mike is going to, is, and Ethel are leading, they're going to, our team is going there this, this summer. Uh, the Lamberts are helping to lead that. And uh, that's why we're having a little spaghetti thing afterwards, a little bit of fundraising. But I want you to welcome uh, Mike Keyes as he comes to encourage us with a word this morning. We talk, I asked him to come Pentecost Sunday because I said, listen, I want you to come and just testify to, in, in, as the Spirit has worked in his life, how the Holy Spirit helps us, empowers us to share God's heart for the world. Now, Mike, that's his testimony. Now, he's going to talk to us today, I think, maybe, I don't want to know, but I think uh, about strengthening ourselves and trusting in the Word of God. But regardless, I just would please, would you please welcome warmly Mike Keyes back to the house. All right, praise the Lord. Good afternoon to everybody. Almost afternoon, a few minutes until... Let's pray. Let's do that first. Father, we thank you for our service today. We thank you for the opportunity through praise and worship to be reminded again of your goodness and your love to us. Help us, Lord, to appreciate the blessings that we enjoy every day, every good gift coming from above. And we thank you, Lord, that we approach your word today. The greatest gift outside of Jesus himself is the word that we look at, we read, we glean from today. Help us to see things in the word that we have not seen before. Help us to receive rhema, to leave the service stronger than when we came in here today. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear everything that you have for us from your word today and the message that you have for me to share. And Lord, thank you once again for freedom in America to gather together like this anytime, anywhere, without the fear of arrest or persecution or worse, as it is for many of our brothers and sisters around the world, even as I speak. Help us, Lord, to appreciate these freedoms and the blessings in this country and that we understand to whom much is given, much is required. We thank you for this, Father, in the name of Jesus. We approach your word and we thank you, Lord, for the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. We give you the praise and the glory for these things in Jesus' name. Everybody that agrees with that prayer said together, amen, amen, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for coming to church today. We had a marvelous first service, and I believe that we'll have another marvelous second service here with you all as we've come together around the Word of God. If you're not familiar with our ministry, I've only been here one time before. This is my second visit. Uh, last year I came in March, and uh, this was actually we met in the Philippines, 
uh, Pastor Dav and I met overseas. We had never met before, but he was part of a Philippines for Jesus effort of which uh, he and several other ministers went to our home city and uh, had a crusade there when hundreds and thousands of people were in attendance uh, and many people, you know, their lives were changed. Anyway, we met and we made a connection. There was a connection there. How many believe in connections? Yes. When, when God puts it together, yeah. not when you, you and I put it together, but when he puts it together, it's long lasting and there's just a chemistry there and, and that happened. And so based upon what happened there, he asked me to come here, and that was last year, and I came by myself. I flew solo for that trip, but this time I've got my lovely with me. Ethel, would you stand? Yes. Yes and amen. Hallelujah. That's right, brother. I was roaming around campus for a long time declaring what I'm going to do when I get to the Philippines. I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to cast out devils. I'm going to build churches. I'm going to torment the devil. That's what I'm talking about. And when I went overseas, I met her within two weeks. I took one look at her, and I said, now that's what I'm talking about. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Shandai. See my bow tie. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Ah, we've been married since uh, May 7th, 1983. So this past May was 35 years. We have two beautiful kids. One works with us in the Philippines. One works with us here in Tucson, Arizona, which is our home base in the U.S., um, but we have many sons and daughters that God has been gracious enough to give to us. We started with nothing, as Pastor mentioned, $20 and no way back to the U.S. This was before I even met Ethel. And uh, from then until now, we've had crusades. This is always the bedrock of our ministry, the crusade work of which the tour members will be a part of in just a few months. We have led conservatively. This is just conservative numbers, but we've led over 750,000 people to Jesus in the crusades that we have done from then until now. We have a Bible school. It's a Rhema school. We teach and train students, and they go out and reproduce the vision, and they're all over the country. We have a church network of between 250 and 300 churches, and uh, they're all out there preaching the gospel the way we train them to do this, and so we don't really know what's going on out there because it's only God knows, but they are holding crusades in their cities and villages and towns, and we're not even a part of it there in that sense anymore, but God is being glorified. The word is being preached. People are being healed. Amen. And demons are being tormented, just as we confessed those many years ago. So praise the Lord for all of that. And thank you for your prayers and your generosity. It's very, very much appreciated. We do not take this for granted. We're thankful for churches like yours. And I don't know, you know, we have a, there's something here. There's just, we want, we really enjoy coming here. It's just a wonderful place to gather together and worship the Lord as members of the body of Christ. Amen. Trust me when I tell you, I'm in a different church every weekend of my life. They're not all like this. They're not all like this. Praise the Lord. Be thankful for what you have here. You probably drove past a dozen churches to get to this one, and I guarantee in most of those, they're as dry as the desert. Guaranteed, but not here. Praise the Lord. What a wonderful place to serve Jesus together. All right, how many have their Bibles or their Bible device like I'm using up here? Either or. We're going to read a few verses to lay a quick foundation, and then we're going to get into the meat of the message. This being Pentecost Sunday, we're going to talk about the miracles and things that God wants to do through you just as much as He does through each one of us, okay? We're going to read um, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. I might abbreviate some of this because there was messages and material that I wasn't able to get to earlier, and I want to, so we're just going to read a few of these quickly. 1 Peter 2, 2 says... As newborn babes, 
desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. As newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow. From the beginning, right from the time a person receives Jesus, they become a baby in Christ, and God wants that person to begin to grow. He does not want them to stay babies. He wants them to grow and mature, okay? By desiring the sincere milk of the word, okay? So it's the word that provides us with spiritual nourishment that we grow by, grow thereby, okay? Uh, again, we are spirits living in bodies, okay? How many of you know that when they bury your body, they don't bury you? All right, we are spirits. We live in bodies. As long as we're on the earth, we have this earth suit, the body that we live in. But this thing grows old and dies because it comes from the ground, and the ground is cursed by sin. As long as the curse is on the earth, the body and everything made from the earth grows old and decays and dies because of the curse of sin. When Jesus returns, he'll, he'll lift the curse, and age will be, you know, longevity will be restored, and all of the curse will be gone. Until that happens, our bodies get old and die. You have to take care of it, of course, to, uh, you know, give it as long as possible with as much health as possible while we're living in this thing, okay? But spiritually speaking, just like we have to nourish our body physically with the correct diet and exercise and all of that, spiritually we have to nourish ourselves as well. And he says right from this verse that the nourishment comes from a desire to feed upon, at first, the milk of the Word as a baby, and then later the meat of the Word as we grow and mature in Christ. Now, the reason we say these things is because of the world in which we live. It is a very, very precarious, dangerous place, okay? And it's getting worse by the day prior to the return of Jesus. The Bible talks about, you know, the evil that will rise all around us, and it is. We see the news every day, you know, school shootings, mass murderers, terrorist plots, bombs exploding all over the place, you know, the love of many growing cold, okay? This is all prophetic, this is the world in which we live. The body of Christ, now more than ever, needs to step up to the plate and accurately represent the Son of God, okay? We are not entertainers. We are proclaimers. We proclaim the truth. We don't have to defend it. We just need to proclaim it. People can accept it or reject it, but it is the truth, okay? That's it, okay? I don't argue with people. I used to, and God said that it's a waste of time. Just proclaim the truth and let the Word do its work. Let the Holy Spirit do what He's here to do, which is to confirm the Word with signs and wonders following. We'll get into that here in just a minute. But the point is, don't, don't worry about the truth. Just proclaim it. It's the truth whether we like it or not, whether we accept it or not. It is the truth. You can't change it, okay? So look with me if you would. We're going to go to Psalms number 37. It's a prophetic psalm for the day in which we live, and we'll see why as we begin reading from the psalm, and we'll pick and choose some verses, okay? Psalms number 37, and we'll begin with the first verse. We're going to read through verse 8 uh, from the New King James translation, unless otherwise indicated. That's the translation I'm going to use. So you follow along in your Bible or your app, whichever you're using, as I read from mine up here, okay? First verse, Psalms 37 and verse 1. Do not fret because of, because of. So there are things that we should not fret over, and God tells us what they are or who they are, okay? Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. For they, verse 2, they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed 
on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give to you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, and trust also in him. He shall bring it to pass. Verse 6. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Rest in the Lord, verse 7 says, and wait patiently for him because, or do not fret because of, him who prospers in his way because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Don't fret, it only causes harm. Cease from anger, forsake the wrath. Don't fret. Three times in those eight verses, we're told not to fret. We don't use the word fret much anymore, but if I'm telling you not to fret, I'm telling you not to worry. Fretting and worrying are the same. So if I was to use the word worry rather than the word fret, I would simply say don't worry about evildoers, people bringing wicked schemes to pass, workers of iniquity. These people are everywhere, okay? You work with them, you you ride on airplanes with them, you, you know, whatever. Wherever you go, you go to school with these people. They are lost. They are lost in their sins. And many of them don't like what we do, don't like who we represent. They hate God. They hate Jesus. They hate the church. They hate the Jews. They just hate everything that we have that is near and dear to our hearts. How many would agree that they're out there? Yeah, they're out there. Okay. Well, don't fret because of evildoers. Don't worry about what they say or what they do telling us they're going to shut us down and close the churches and they're going to wipe Israel off the face of the earth and all of this. You know, none of this stuff happens because we know who we represent. And Jesus said, the gates of hell shall never prevail against the church. Okay? And people have been trying to wipe out Israel for thousands of years. They've never been able to do it. They never will be able to do it because those are God's people. They've been here for 3,000 years. They're going to be here long after we're gone. Should Jesus tarry? You know, people can make all the threats they want, but uh, they're not going to do anything like what they're going to say to do because we know who we represent, and we know that our work is not yet done, and our race is not yet finished. Are you listening? Okay, I've been running my race. I'll, I'll mention it in a minute for a long, long time. I'm not finished. I've got a long way to go. We've been threatened, we've had people threaten us, and we've had all kinds of issues come our way. But hey, you know, they're long gone, just like we see here. These people come and they go. We're still here. Amen? We have a message and a mission, and we're going to do what we're told to do without fear uh, or without hesitation because of who we represent. What we do, according to verse 3, we feed on His faithfulness. We feed on it, okay? If you want to nourish your body, you feed it good things. Okay? If you want to nourish your spirit, you feed your spirit good things. The milk of the word leading to the meat of the word. But the word is the good thing we nourish our spirit man with. And the more you nourish it, praise the Lord, the stronger you become. You feed on his faithfulness. When we stand on a promise of God, whatever the promise may be, healing as an example, someone's sick and they, they stand on, you know, let's say 1 Peter 2.24, by the stripes of Jesus, we were healed. Okay, so we stand in faith on that promise on that, and, and, and on that statement. What we're really doing is we're feeding on the faithfulness of God to carry out that promise when we stand in faith that by the stripes of Jesus, we were healed. If we were, we are. And if we are, I am. This is simple. It's not rocket science. Okay, we make something simple, complicated. Religion always makes simple things complicated. The gospel is a very simple message. When we die, we go up or we go down. 
forever. Amen. There's no parole. There's no second chance. There's no reincarnation. There's no, 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 you know, listen, we go up or we go down forever and forever. Amen. If we go up, we go up because we made a choice while we lived in this body to receive Jesus. The choice is in this life. When you step out of your body, the power of choice is removed from you. You can't choose once you step out of this earth suit, okay? Paul said, I keep my body under. I, the spirit man inside, keep this, my body, under, under control. This thing wants to serve the devil. It's still dead to sin. Have you discovered this? All three of you. Have you discovered that your flesh does not want to serve God, does not want to pray, never wants to come to church, wants to feed on donuts all day long, and basically eat, sleep, and sin, not necessarily in that order. That's what your flesh wants to do. Your spirit man is alive unto God. He wants to serve the Lord, pray, seek Jesus, you know, spend time in the presence of the Lord, but your body is what you have to keep under, okay? Well, if the body rules, well, you know, then you have problems. If you're a Christian, you're called carnal. If you're unsaved, you're on your way to hell. Either way, you're in trouble. So you need to come to a place where you recognize and understand, okay, my responsibility is to make sure my spirit man is nourished so it keeps my body under control. Mm -hmm. Amen. Because we're running a long-distance race. This is not a sprint. Okay, I got saved in 78. I'm still here. Okay? But I've seen them come and go, and so has your pastors. They've seen people come and go, the, the, the going and blowing ministers of the 80s. Many of them are long gone. The people on the cover of Charisma, where are they today? They're long gone. I, I've met many of them. You know, when I first went to the Philippines, there were people doing great things for Jesus that now aren't even in the ministry. One of them in particular became an, actually became a Muslim. He's dead now. Serves him right. But the point is, hey, I know. Thank you, Jesus. Aren't you glad I'm not your pastor? Thank you, Jesus. All right. Praise the Lord. Anyway, uh, where are we? Somewhere. Somewhere over the rainbow. Okay. Don't fret because of him who prospers in his way because of the man bringing wicked schemes to pass. Okay, never mind all of these people. It's just a bunch of noise. Quit listening to all the people out there who don't know what they're talking about. Amen? Don't listen to the social media morons, the clowns on TV, all the talking heads that don't, they, they, they wouldn't recognize Jesus if they sat next to him for an hour with a red suit on. Listen, they don't understand what's going on. It's the body of Christ. We are the players on this planet. We dictate, not the Republicans, not the Democrats, not the military, not the president, not the Congress. The body of Christ dictates what goes on down here. That's us. That's us. Should be, correct. It's not always the case. Because in many places and in many cases, we don't know who we are, and this is why we're not feeding on the faithfulness of the Lord our God. Okay? Listen, the God who healed you last year is the God who healed you today. The God who gave you money to pay your bills 10 years ago is the same God who'll take care of your bills today. I feed on that. I feed on that. I meditate on that because the promises of God in Christ are always yes and amen. Glory to God. So according to verse 3, delight yourself. I'm sorry, that's verse 4. Verse 3, trust in the Lord. Trust and do good. Just keep doing what we're doing. Well, we're going to shut you down. Oh, 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 no, you're not either. Just go somewhere else and be ignorant. Don't, don't bother me. 
dwell in the land and feed, feed on his faithfulness. Amen. Feed on the faithfulness. Amen. Trust in the Lord. Do good. Find your lane. Run your race. Run it and finish it. Don't try to run someone else's race. Run yours. As you may have discerned by now, I'm not a pastor. I have elements of a pastoral gift, but I'm an apostle. We think differently than just a, a, a pastor, okay? We're not the shepherd of the flock. We're out there just tearing up the kingdom of darkness and building churches and doing things. I don't pastor a church. I pastor pastors. There's a difference. Yeah, You have to have an edge, okay? Anyway, you can't be pastor popular and brother blend in. You know, it just doesn't work, let me tell you. Got to be the boat rocker, the wave maker, the shaker, the mover, whatever. Praise the Lord. Okay. Uh, where were we? Okay, let's move on down quickly. Uh, verse 12. The wicked plots against the just and gnashes at him with his teeth. Yes, they're out there. They gnash at us with their teeth. They make their threats. Well, we're going we're gonna to leg- legislate you into oblivion. We're going to shut up Israel. No, we're not either. Verse 13. Look at how the Lord responds. Verse 13. The Lord laughs at such people. Laughs. Learn to laugh at all of these threats, all of the noise, all the clowns on media that don't know what they're talking about. They, they are not dictating terms of surrender. We are. The Lord laughs at him or laughs at them, for he sees that his day is coming. Praise the Lord. Their day is coming. You know, I've been around long enough to see him come and go. Okay, the problem is many of the Christians come and go, and that's not, that's not good. We should be here to the end run our race to its complete fulfillment, and then step out into a, a wonderful welcome when we step across into glory to hear Jesus say, well done, good and faithful servant. Someone told me one time, and I, I don't doubt the accuracy of this because of who told it to me, if, you, if I ask you today to write down on a sheet of paper the top 10 ministries or ministers that feed you the most today, that bless you, encourage you, you know, starting with your home church here, let's say that, and, you know, they're, they're, ju- they're just the ones that God has placed in your life that really speak to you and re- you know, resonate with you. If you made a list of the top 10, take the list and fold it up, stick it in a safe deposit box for 10 years and forget about it. And in the year 2028, May of 2028, take the list, pull it out, look at it. On average, the 10 ministers or ministries that you put on that list today, seven out of 10 will not be in existence. 10 years from now, seven out of 10. I'm going to finish the race I started to run. I trust you will too. Amen. We're not going to be friends with everybody. Quit trying to be. That's mission impossible. We're not called to be friendly with people. We're called to preach out of love for their soul. We tell people the truth because we care about what happens to them if they don't receive Jesus. Well, they'll be offended. They will be offended. They were offended at Jesus. They killed him because they didn't like the message. Amen? In your face, ministries. But the point is, this is who we are. This is who we represent. Learn to laugh at such people like the Lord. Look at verse number 25. Uh, verse, verse 23. Same psalm, Psalms 37, 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. How many believe that? Yeah, all right. God orders our steps. And he delights in his way. Verse 24. Though he fall... In other words, we're all works in progress. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. How many have made mistakes since they've accepted Jesus? I've made plenty, but I'm still here. He picks me up, he cleans me off, and he forgives me of my sins, and we move on. We don't look back. We don't look back. 
Verse 25. This is the key verse to the whole psalm. I have been young and now am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants begging bread. Glory to God. Listen, I have been young. I got saved when I was 26. I'm now 66. I was young and now I'm older. Don't call me old. I'm just older. I've been around long enough, okay? The key verse, the key word of the verse is seen. I have not seen. He's not talking about what he heard from somebody else. He's not talking about some book he read. He's not talking about some conference CD uh, he picked up along the way. He's talking about what he has seen from the time he was a young servant of the Lord to the time he's now an old servant of the Lord, ready to depart and go home to his heavenly reward. He says, listen, I've been young. Now I'm old, but I'm telling you, in all this time, I've never seen, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. What's he talking about? The faithfulness of his God. He says, I've been around the bush. You know, we, we know the life and times of David. He made plenty of mistakes, but he was called a man after God's own heart. This is why I love reading the Psalms. This guy was decades and generations ahead of his time. He knew some things, even in the Old Testament, not being a born-again person like we are. He knew some things about this stuff. He said, I've been young, and now I'm old, and I've never seen the righteous forsaken. See, when I went to Bible school, I got saved on September 21st, 1978. That's my Christian birthday. So this coming September 21st, 2018, represents my 40th anniversary to the day that I accepted Jesus, became a servant of the Most High God, and a soldier in the army of the Lord. Amen. 40 years to the day coming up this coming September 21st. And then September of 79, I left my job working for Owens Corning Fiberglass. They've dropped fiberglass. It's now just called Owens Corning. And I went to Rhema. God sent me to that Bible school because of a long story. I got in, connected to Pastor Hagen, Brother Hagen there, read his book, used it to receive Jesus, and ended up at his school in September of 1979. Then 1980, I'm in the Philippines with $20 and a no way back to the U.S., but, but with a hunger to serve the Lord because of who I sat under and the books I read and the cassette tapes back then, no CDs, cassette tapes I listened to until the tapes were worn out. I listened, I sat under people who had been where I was going. I sat and listened to people who had a miracle anointing in their lives and had testimonies of people being raised from the dead and all kinds of healings and whatever else. And I sat there and I, I soaked it all up. I was in every class taking notes until there was no more note paper to use. I mean, I was listening and I was gleaning and I was learning. And I went to the Philippines with the $20 and I began feeding off what they were telling me. What they said worked for them because it would work for me. But now, 40 years later, I don't preach what they were writing. I preach what I've seen. I preach what I've been a part of. I've laid hands on, these hands have been laid on sick and they've been healed. These hands have prayed for dead people and they've come back to life. These hands, this ministry, it's not what I heard from somebody else. This is why I don't back up and I don't apologize for what I have to say because I know it's the truth, not because I read it in someone's book, but because I've lived it myself for all these years. I feed on that faithfulness. The good news is God will do the same for you as he does for me. He's no respecter of persons. I've been young and now I am old. I have never seen the righteous forsaken, he says, and neither have I, neither have I, all these many years. I mean, we've been all over those, those islands. The Philippines is an island nation, 7,100 islands. 
we live on the most tumultuous of them all, the island of Mindanao. God sent me there. I could live anywhere else. You know, we've got, there's missionaries in Manila. There's missionaries all over the place. But you know what? Nobody likes to go down to where we live because where we live is where the Muslims live, where the ISIS terrorists hang out. Uh, you may or may not know, last May, one year ago, our president, President Duterte, declared war on ISIS and declared martial law on Mindanao, just our island. Not the rest of the islands, just ours. Just ours, because of what goes on on our island. I happen to like living there. We, we get calls all the time from people, aren't you afraid? Don't you care what's going on? We heard this and we heard that. Hey, I love where I live because it's right in the middle of everything. Praise the Lord, because I know who I serve. Amen? Amen. I know where I'm supposed to be. I run the race I'm told to run, and I stay in my lane. And I know as long as I do this, I will finish the race, and the devil cannot take me out. The devil tried to take Jesus out many times and couldn't do it. The devil tried to take Paul out many times and couldn't do it because their race was not yet done, and they knew it. Amen? Amen? I've been young, and now I'm older. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, and I never will. I feed on that. I feed on that almost every day, okay? We, we know what we're talking about, okay? The tour group people are going to find this out when they go on over. You know, Linda Lambert here and her husband, Chris, how many have you gone on? Three? This will be your fifth trip. He, him, number four. Fourth for them. Four for him, five for her. They'll tell you. When you put yourself in harm's way in the name of Jesus and you watch God use you, it changes you as much as it changes the people you minister to. You come back as a different Christian, you leave with this, this, this hunger, but you come back with testimonies. You come back with things you never thought you'd be used to do. This is the joy of it all. Amen? Anyway, he declared martial law, and we're still under martial law, okay? But we go where we need to go because of who we know we serve, okay? Three tours last summer. Three tours. Each tour is six days of outreach. It's actually 10 days on the calendar from day of departure out of Portland to day of return to Portland or thereabouts, Okay? Ten days on the calendar, in-country, six days of outreach. The seventh day, we just go to the beach and play and have some fun. Everybody just chills, okay? But on the first six days, we go out every day, in the morning and in the afternoons. We knock on doors, we go into the bus terminals, we go to the markets, we talk to people, and then we come back to a prescribed location, and we preach Jesus. Simple messages, not, you know, nothing, you know, no exegesis and all of this, no theological, you know, hey, check me out, you know, I went to so-and-so's Bible school, and, you know, yeah, my head looks like a satellite dish, I know this because I'm so intelligent. No, 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 we don't go anywhere. We just preach a simple message, tell people about Jesus, and praise the Lord. They just respond. I'd say 99% to 100% of the people who come to our crusades get saved. 99 to 100%. Every single time, every single village, it's been this way for 40 years, 38 years, actually. That's the harvest field we work in. Okay, because we just go out there and do what we're told to do. Last summer, we did three of these, six days each tour. So that's three tours, six days, 18 days of outreach. 4,800 souls got saved. That's just the names and the addresses we were able to record. Okay, there are always others who come late and leave early. So we don't really know even the exact figure, but God does. We'll find all this out when we get to heaven and these people come up and, and shake our hand. But the point is, 4,800 souls in the middle of a war, 60 miles from our compound. 
you know, the Muslim capital on Mindanao is a town called Marawi, Marawi City. You can Google it, M-A-R-A-W-I, Marawi City is the cultural Muslim capital of the Philippines, and it's 60 miles from our compound, 60 miles away, okay? Marawi now does not exist. It has been bombed into rubble. The military came in there, and they had this six-month war, and they obliterated the city. Now they've got refugee camps everywhere. But see, what, what, what happens is God, steps of good men being ordered by the Lord, God got us into the military two and a half years ago when the same president instituted this policy where he wanted rebel returnees to accept Jesus, for someone to witness to them about Jesus. All these rebels are surrendering, these terrorists. They're surrendering. So he, the president, he's a born-again man. So he wants ministers like us to witness to these people. So he institutes a policy and a program where people like us can actually become commissioned officers in the Philippine army, of which we are now commissioned officers in the Philippine army. Colonel Keys at your service. Hey, listen, I'm a colonel. She's a lieutenant colonel. We are international chaplains. That's our title. We go into these places, and we preach to the soldiers in the military bases, amen, and they have to listen because I'm a colonel, and you're a private, so shut up. I'm going to tell you about Jesus. <laughs> Sit down and shut up and listen. And when we travel around, we don't have to waste time at the checkpoints. You know, the checkpoints are everywhere. You know, we just swing around to the front and uh, I flash my credentials. They read the mission orders. He steps back. He salutes, and I salute in return, and we are waved on. Amen. And when the tour group people move with us, we've already gone ahead, let the military know who we are. They let us pass. No, no problems. Why? Because of God's faithfulness, because he's faithful to take care of his own. He needs us down here. We sang about it a few minutes ago. Okay, we need you. Well, guess what? He needs us just as much as we need him. This may come as a shock to many people, but God is limited to our availability down here. If you don't go, the message is never preached. That's why Isaiah 6 says, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? There's a question you need to ask yourself. Am I answering this correctly in my life? Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I say in reply, here am I, Lord, send me? Or is it like it is in most churches where they say, there they are, Lord, send them? I don't want my comfort zone to be violated. I don't want my comfort zone to be challenged here. I just want to be happy and content and be blessed in my fellowship. Bless me, stroke me, encourage me. How about challenge me, confront me, slap me? Let me walk out from the church on fire for Jesus, ready to go to hell and back for the cause of Christ. Listen, when Muslims fly planes in the buildings. You got to admire their courage for what, they're, what they believe in. We, on the other hand, you know, well, I don't know if I should go, but, you know, maybe I should go, but, you know, I got soccer practice, so I'm not sure if I could, I could be there, you know, so what? Listen, it's time we move beyond all this stuff. That's why I'm here, praise the Lord, just kind of to light that fire underneath you. This is Pentecost Sunday, is it not? Yeah. The, the fire, the flame over our heads and all those things, praise the Lord. Listen, I'm always tempted to worry about the future just like you. Worry is all about the future. It's about things we don't know are going to come to pass, but we think they might. That's what worry is. But if you, if you want to secure the future, don't forget the past. If God took care of you before, he's going to take care of you again. If he met your needs before, he'll meet your needs again. It doesn't matter what happens out there, okay? The government's not in control. We're in control, Okay. The Congress, the president, they're not, they're, no, 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 we, the body of Christ. If my people called by my name shall 
humble themselves, repent, turn from their wicked ways and seek my face. I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. And the sinners get to ride along because of what we did. Amen? Hallelujah. 40 years of serving the Lord this coming September 21st. I've been young, but now I'm older. I've never seen God forsake me and he will never forsake you. I'm tempted to worry about the future just like you, but I refuse the invitation. I refuse the invitation. And my wife and I, can, we can tell you, we know what we're talking about. We've been there and back, and we know God will take good care of us. Our best days for the body of Christ are all ahead of us. They are ahead of us, not behind us. We haven't seen our finest hour yet, but we're going to. Amen? Many prophecies have gone forth for these things, of which I've been used on several occasions to deliver them myself. I'm, I'm excited for the future. I'm looking forward to the future. Should Jesus tarry? Amen? Praise the Lord. We have a long, long way to go. And we're going to go there in the strength and power of the Holy Spirit. So don't worry about the threats. Don't worry about the news, the news media and all of this. Never mind all of those morons. They couldn't recognize Jesus if they sat next to him for an hour. Praise the Lord. Instead, feed on God's faithfulness. Amen? And be at peace about it. Okay? Don't fret. It only causes harm. Look with me, if you would. Uh, Romans chapter 5. Didn't get to this one, first service. Romans chapter 5, verses 3 and 4. I'm going to read this to you from the King James, from the old King James, because I like the way this one is worded from that translation. Romans 5, verse 3. Romans 5, verse 3. Here's what it says. And not only that, but we also glory... Oh, I'm reading from the New King James. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations. This is the King James. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. Patience worketh experience, experience hope. But notice the first one, tribulation. Tribulation worketh patience. Tribulation starts the whole chain of reaction here. Tribulation worketh patience. Patience produces experience. Experience produces hope. See, hope deals with God's faithfulness. What he did in the past is what I'm going to do in the future because I've seen what he's done in the past, so I know that in the future my life is in his hands. It's okay. It's going to be all right. Well, the doctor said, never mind what the doctor says, Jesus said. Well, the banker said, never mind what that guy says, Jesus said. Amen? Well, the, the, the legislature says this. Never mind what they say. It's only what Jesus said. That, at the end of the day, is all that matters. Amen? Because of hope, which Hebrews says is the anchor to our soul. Let's go there. Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews 6 and verse number 10. Hebrews 6 and verse 10. It says, For God is not unjust to forget your work and your labor of love, which you have shown towards his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. We desire, verse 11, that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. Notice we're talking about the assurance of hope. That you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises of God. Verse 13, for when God made a promise to Abraham because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely, blessing, I will bless you. Multiplying, I will multiply you. And so, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. 
For men indeed swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is for them an end of all dispute. Thus God, determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise, a.k.a. us, the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation and have fled as a result, who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. That's the future. Verse 19, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. The anchor to the soul is hope. Hope is for the future. When I feed on the faithfulness of God, I am dropping anchor, and my soul will be secure, sure, and steadfast. No matter what goes on around me, all the hell that may be breaking loose all around me, you know, the devil, when he comes against us, how many of you know it's, it's always the, you know, he's piling on, okay, trying to come at us from all directions at once, trying to overwhelm us as he always tries to do. Well, if my hope is to anchor, I won't go anywhere. I'll be steadfast and sure. My confession will never change. My declarations will never change. My demeanor will never change. My attitude will never change. Are you listening? Praise the Lord. In the Philippines, I've seen it. It's an island nation, like I mentioned a few minutes ago, 7,100 islands. So as an apostolic ministry, I travel. I'm always in different places every weekend because we've got churches and pastors that need help and whatever. So uh, you know, I'm always traveling around. So if you're going to travel in this country, you've got to go on boats or airplanes. Okay, boats or airplanes. Now, in the early days, it was just boats because we didn't have money for airplanes. Now we can fly more than we could back then. But in the early days, we took boats. And I'm talking, this is not the Royal Caribbean cruise when I'm talking about boats. Okay, I'm talking about World War II old vessels bought from the Japanese after they were torpedoed a dozen times. You know, they've been fixed and repaired. They're listing badly to port, okay? And these are the things we ride in, okay? And, you know, many times when this boat would come into port, they, 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 they travel at night. They unload and load cargo during the day. At night, they go from port A, port a to port B, okay? So you're always on the boat in the dead of night, in the dark, out there in the open ocean. Okay, so you come into dock. Many times they're not yet done loading or unloading the ship or whatever, and they can't ship, they can't get in there. They can't dock. So what they do is they drop the anchor out in the bay and wait. And if you're on the boat, you get to wait along with the crew because you can't get in there because the, the pier is occupied with other boats. So you wait. What they do is they drop anchor. They drop the anchor because although from the surface, from the deck of the ship looking over, you see just the ripples of the bay. It's very calm and very serene looking. But underneath, farther down, there's very strong underwater currents that can push that boat. And if they don't drop that anchor, that current will push the boat right into the shore and beach it or push it right on out to sea. If you're, if you're below decks and you're not out there watching what's happening with reference points on the horizon, on the, on the shoreline, you have no idea you're moving. You come up from up you come from below decks 45 minutes later, you're a mile down the bay because of the underwater currents pushing the ship if you don't drop that anchor. But I've literally been on boats and I've seen boats where they drop the anchor and that thing goes around in a circle within 60 minutes or so, depending upon the strength of the current, because the anchor is holding it, but the currents are pushing the boat, but the boat has nowhere to go because of the anchor. So it just goes around in circles in the bay. I've been on boats when this is happening. See, your hope for the future is the anchor to your soul. Amen? And that comes from feeding on the faithfulness of the Lord your God. Get out your concordance and run references on the word faithfulness. It's all through there. 
especially in the book of Psalms, Psalms 89, as, as a matter of fact. Faithfulness, God's faithfulness. I'm excited for the future. What we've seen is just a, a prelude of what we're going to see, the miracles, the movings of the Holy Spirit. How many want to be a part of these things? I do. I do. Amen. What All we've seen for these 40 years, thank God for those things, but you know, the best days are all ahead of us, and I'm excited about this. I'm excited for your church. I'll tell you by the Spirit of God, you have seen nothing here yet. Everything you're doing is all preparatory for what is going to be done in the name of Jesus. That's right. I see multiple buildings on this campus, and I see buildings that are more than a single story. I see multitudes of people coming, and I see their lives being changed by the power of God. And I see a place, a harbor for people to come where their soul becomes anchored in the word of the Most High God, where people are unafraid of the truth and preach it without apology in the name of Jesus. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'd be, I'd, I'd be happy to be a part of that. How about you? I would be. I would be. So that's what's going on overseas, praise the Lord. And you're a part of that, and I'm a part of what's going on here, me and my wife, and we're so very glad that we have this chance to encourage you in your faith the way we encourage ourselves. Amen. I told my staff about a year ago, I had a staff meeting looking ahead, okay? And I said, listen, the way the world is going, should Jesus tarry, if he tarries, you know, there will come a day, and we're already seeing this in America of all places, but around the world even uh, in other places too. There'll come a day when we preach an uncompromised message and we will be thrown in jail for it, where it will be declared a crime. Okay, it's already happening in America. Down in California, they're already trying to pass laws. It's already passed the House of Representatives. It's in the Senate now where they're going to make it a crime for you to attempt to talk to a homosexual and use the Bible as a basis for witnessing. They would call you a criminal and throw you in jail. That is already on their books. That's already on their docket to be voted on in California. It's already happening. Anyway, I told my staff, I said, listen, should Jesus tarry and push comes to shove, if I have to go to jail for the message I preach, I'm going to jail because I'm not going to change it, alter it, or change it in any way to please anybody other than Jesus, the Lord my God. Amen. So I'm going to jail. But if I go to jail, I better see you in the jail cell next to me. I better see you next to me, in the, or you're fired, and I'll find somebody else to take your place. We don't have any pansies in this ministry. You better, you know... Come on up. Suck it up. Get out there. Preach the gospel without apology. If you get thrown in jail, I'll come bail you out, whatever the case may be. But we're going to do what we have to do to proclaim the word of God. Amen? That's right. Praise the Lord. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word today. We believe your word is sown in good ground, and we receive it, and we're thankful for it, Lord. I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We have eyes to see and ears to hear. Help us, Heavenly Father to understand that in our hands resides the power of God. The power of God is in our hands. And you told us to go into all the world and preach the gospel and lay hands on people. And you would confirm the word we share with signs and wonders following. And I know, Lord, this, is a, this place right here is a healing center, a miracle center for the power of God, this church right here. I know this. I can see it in the spirit. And I want to praise you, Lord, in advance for the mighty miracles. Thank you, Father. Thank you, 
You have seen nothing yet, says the Lord, your God. There is power present, but I'm going to ramp it up. The wattage in this place will be beyond your own expectation and even beyond your levels of current faith. But I'm going to do miracles here, the likes of which will turn this community upside down. This is going to be known as my healing center. This is the place where people will go. This is urgent care. This is the place where they go where they have received no help from man but need still the power of God and they will turn in desperation to this place and you and your hands will be used by my spirit to represent me not just with the word you preach but with the power to confirm the words you preach. So expect and confess and receive these things because these testimonies are declared and they will be thus and so saith the Lord. And it will be exactly as my word declares because I will use you in ways you cannot even comprehend. Your best days are all ahead. And favor shall follow you like a shield. Finances will overtake you. And people of means and people of financial blessings will move heaven and earth to come be a part of what they see here in this place. And my power shall prevail. And what the devil tries to shut you down will be shut down itself. And it will come to nothing and come to null and void by my spirit in this day and in this hour, says the Lord, by my strength and by my power. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. All right. Didn't plan to do this, but then again, we never do. We just let God be God. Your hands are anointed by God. Everybody put your hands up like this. Power is present in the building right now. Okay, I cannot and I'm not assigned to lay hands on your hands, but I'm going to do this right now. Uh, you know, we have Bluetooth. Okay, you're familiar with Bluetooth, right? Where wirelessly devices can connect. I'm going to connect with you wirelessly here. This is going to be a wireless connection. The power in my hands is passing to you right now in Jesus' name. Okay, and you probably, you might feel it. You might feel it. It wouldn't surprise me if you do. Okay. I'm passing to you the power that I was given years and years ago by a man who stood in an apostolic office. He told me, and he told others in the line that I was in. I was not the only one, but he said, the anointing of the Apostle Paul is passing to you. And this was many, many years ago. He said the same anointing that was placed on the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus when he was met by the Lord his God is the same anointing I'm passing to you. That was back before I even left Ramah. That was 40 no, 39 years ago. And I've carried that anointing for all these years. And I share it as I'm led. And I'm led now to share it with you. By, if you will, pardon the expression, spiritual Bluetooth. Okay? I'm, I'm passing it to you. Receive it in the name of Jesus. And if you do, and if you receive it, do not hesitate to put your hands on people appropriately, of course. We don't need to even go there. You understand that part. Okay? But I'm telling you, don't hesitate to put your hands on a person when they need help. You can talk to them while you're doing it. Put your hand on their shoulder. Uh, take them by the hand. Put your arm around them. Whatever you need to do, make contact with them because your hands are conduits. They pass the power that you've been given to those that you are sent to. That's how this works, okay? So in the name of Jesus, receive it and understand you'll be responsible for it, okay? You will be responsible for it just like I am. The gifts are always given, never for the recipient, but through the recipient to others who need the gift. That's how this works. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. 
Thank you, Father. Just wait for a minute. Hallelujah. Uh, Asia. Okay, the church has a special assignment in Asia. That's what I hear in my spirit. Pastor Deb, Mrs. Deb, you guys are going to get. You guys are going to go to Asia, to places you never thought you'd go, to witness to people you never thought you'd see. But you're going to go. Doors are going to open for you. Finances will be made available to you. You won't have to worry about anything. The church will be in good hands while you're gone for this short season. But when you're gone, you're going to change lives. People are praying for my power over there now. And you are going to be those that I send to deliver that power to them. And it's not in the near, it's not in, it's in the not too distant future. That's what I'm trying to say. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The Philippines was just the first step. There are other countries on my docket for you two to attend to, to go to, and to represent me in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Amen and amen. All right, let's all lift our hands and thank the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We could, you know, we could be here for a while, but uh, let's just pray in the Spirit for a minute. Everybody just pray in tongues. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right. For those coming on the missions tour, you're in for the world. You're you're in for the ride of your life. I guarantee you'll come back changed. Of that I can be sure. Amen. And I hope you're as excited about going as we are to have you with us. Amen. Side by side. Preaching Jesus, tormenting the devil, turning the world upside down for the Lord. So uh, I'm excited. We're excited to be here at this key moment in time for the church, this transitional time. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. It's a missions church. It's a missions church. Amen. Also, um, uh, give me that stuff, Linda, for just a second. This stuff we brought, I'll just share it right away and, and get this out of the way, so to speak. But if this message resonated with you, these are things I'd ask you to prayerfully consider before you head home or have some spaghetti, whatever. Um, if you like to listen to messages that really feed you, I do, okay? There's all kinds of opportunities when you're driving around, you know. These things can be downloaded to your MP3 player and you can put it in your iPod or Android device or whatever and you can, you know, listen to the stuff as often. But if today's message resonated with you in some significant way, there is a CD set called You Can Be Who You Are. All right, you're already a stronger man in Christ, but if you don't know this, you can't live like this. Most Christians don't live like who they already are in Christ. When they got saved, they became something they don't even know they are. This is six CDs, almost seven and a half hours of teaching on who you already are so that you can be who you already are. So you can, you know, people just go from crisis to crisis, you know, problem to problem. That's how they live their life in Christ. What a tragedy that they live so far below their potential, okay? Rise above all that. Be who you already are. That's there. And then the other one, consistency in the seven priorities of life. There are certain things you do every day that keep your sword sharp so that the race you started to run when you got saved is the race you finish. God's not impressed with people who start. 
He's impressed with people who finish. Remember, the 7 out of 10 that won't make it 10 years from now. I'm not going to be one of the 7 out of 10. I'm going to be one of the 3 out of 10 that keep on going until I reach the end. And I hear Jesus say, well done, good and faithful servant. Not just well. What happened to you, Turkey? Where'd you go for 30 years? No, I don't need to hear that. Praise the Lord. So that's there. And if you like to wear, as I mentioned last year, wonderful Christian apparel. Oh, yeah. This is, the, this is actually going to be the official tour group t-shirt. We're going to use this this year. Okay? It says, I am, therefore I go. I'm a Christian, therefore I go. I'm a child of God, therefore I go. I go because I am. I am, therefore I go. There's uh, our logo on the back and ha a portion of the Great Commission that says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. So this will be our uniform we use in August. When you guys are there, you'll have one of these. And uh, you don't have to go to get one. There's some out there right now. It's a great conversation starter or persecution starter. Take your pick. Whichever you like, whichever you're game for on any particular given day, praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Bow your heads and close your eyes, and then we'll wrap things up and give pastor a chance to close service. If you're here and you're not ready to meet Jesus, you're in, you're in dire straits. You are one heart attack away, one car crash away, one stroke away, one tragedy away from eternity. And if you die lost, you're going down and you're never going to have a chance to reverse direction. You, you understand this? Everybody in hell, if they had one more chance to accept Jesus, they would, but they'll never get the chance. Never, ever, ever. Meditate on the word forever someday. Meditate on that word, that concept of no end. No end. So here's a chance to turn everything around. If you're not saved, you can be saved. Or if you've been saved and you've been drifting and you're not as on fire for the Lord as you used to be, okay, you need to come on back to your first love. All right? You need to come back. So I'm going to count to three. When I reach three, that's your moment of decision. We're not feeling our way to heaven. We're deciding. It's not a prayer we're going to pray. We're going to declare our intent. It's a declaration of intent. I am going to serve Jesus, or I'm going to come back the way it once was, either or, whichever applies, when I reach three. Put your hand up when I reach three, and I'll recognize your hand, and then you can put it down. I won't embarrass you. I won't ask you to come to the front so that everybody can stare at you. Don't get nervous. But at the same time, understand that put that hand up if you know you need help because we'll all stand with you when we're done and we'll pray together and we'll encourage you and rejoice with you for this greatest decision you are about to make. All right? And remember, it's not a feeling. I'm not going to feel Jesus. You may feel him. You may not. He's here whether you feel it or not. He's here. When I reach three, put that hand up if you know you need help. Number one. Number one. Two. Three. Hands up if I'm talking to you. One. Two. Three, thank you. Three, anyone else? Four, thank you. God bless. Five, thank you. Five, anyone else? Thank you, Jesus. Sometimes it takes a little bit of fishing. It's a little bit of fishing, a little bit of patience. Five hands. Is there a number six? Amen. If you know you need help, put that hand up. Don't be ashamed about it. We're, we're rejoicing with you. Glory to God. All right, all right. Let's all stand. You can put your hands down. Let's all stand together and make a declaration of intent. For our eternal security. For our eternal security. Now, if you didn't put your hand up, that's great. That means you're okay with God, and thank God for that. But let's all pray together. Let's all declare together, not really pray, but let's declare together for the benefit of those that put their hands up. 
Everybody say this together because it's with our heart we believe, with our mouth we confess. You have to say something because you believe something, okay? And then we'll seal the deal, and then pastor can come and close service in whatever way he feels led to do so. But here we go. Now listen, quit thinking about spaghetti. We're going to be talking to Jesus, okay? All the spaghetti, the pasta later on, you know. But for right now, you're talking to the Lord, so let's be thinking about who we're talking to. Let's be reverent with what we say. I'll lead, and you all follow after me out loud to the Lord. Here we go. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today, and I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, that you died on a cross, paid for my sins, rose from the dead. So today I make a choice, and from this day forward, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I'm sorry for my sins, but I receive my forgiveness and I am never looking back. From this day forward, I serve you and you alone. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. Now that's a declaration God can work with. Amen. If you said it for the first time or for the first time in a long time, congrats. Welcome in or welcome back. Let's give them a hand clap. Amen. And Pastor Dav, come and wrap up the service. Wow, thanks, Mike. You're most welcome. Thanks so much. I need a couple of ushers to find their way to those main doors, please. There we go. I already see it. There we go. Buzz is on it. So here's what we're going to do. I want to give you opportunity right now just to, for a moment. Uh, if you want to get out, get an envelope or do it, you know, with a cashier check. We want to respond. We want to we participate That's in what Mike you. and Ethel are doing. And just in case it's newer to you, we're not... This isn't like it. This is this is not a tip after us after a meal. We're not saying, "Oh, hey, good job. Here's a buck." That's not what this is. This is us, the church, saying this. When the scriptures say, "When people come through, you send them on their way in a manner worthy of the Lord," that this is what they do. They they simply they don't ask for anything, but our support it just simply enables them to keep doing what they're doing. So everything you do, that's what happens. There's no, doesn't process through the church. I mean, we give it to them, but it simply helps to supply all of the needs. There's no endowment. There's no endowment that or big fund that helps them supply. They just live by faith, trusting God to supply, to, to keep paying for all the stuff that needs to happen for them to keep doing it. One of the ways that that happens is through a moment like this. You just do something. Not a, we don't have to do everything. Everybody can do something. You can use an envelope. Again, you can text to give. Just do mission. The mission will get to where it needs to go. Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, we want to send Mike and Ethel on their way in a manner worthy of the Lord. We want to take seriously that we're partnering with people who have spent decades and will spend more reaching people for Jesus Christ, building churches, raising up pastors. We thank you, Lord, for, that, for what they're doing, where they're doing it, and that we can be a part of it in this way. Pray, Lord, for your blessing on it today. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. All right. There's going to be ushers that are going to help you out there. Can we just give the Lord a thank you, a big thank you in the room today? In a few minutes, we're going to be able to stick around and do a little bit of lunch and stuff. So stick around, find somebody, say hello to somebody, and uh, go out there and see if you want to grab a T-shirt or a, or a CD maybe.